Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Dealing with ocean trash is a growing problem that uh, we are facing not only here in Singapore, but around the world. Millions of tons of single-use plastics in the ocean, among other things. And one local here in Singapore is trying to make a positive impact on that. Singapore's very own Matilda da Silva has founded something called the Ocean Purpose Project, which is a uh, consultancy trying to work with corporates and social enterprises to uh, do the right thing. Matilda, hello and welcome to Weekend Mornings. Great to have you with us. Good morning, Glenn. How are you doing? Well, very well. And, and you know, this idea of our environment is one that we talk about actually quite often here on Money FM and on weekend mornings. And we're just seeing in the newspaper over the last couple of days, again, with the southwest monsoon, the trash washing up on Singapore beaches and everyone's getting out from the NEA to private citizens to help. How big of a problem are we facing here in Singapore based on what you've seen uh, at your Ocean Purpose Project? First of all, thank you so much, Glenn, uh, for having me on the show. Um, sure. I'm here live at Pasir Ris. Actually, in the morning, I went for a cheeky um, paddle just to t- check out what's mm. the plastic pollution situation on my own beach. Yeah. Um, seems to be quite clear where I am. But, Good. you know, talking about the, the, the tsunami of uh, ocean plastic that washes up on the East Coast right now, that's very interesting because this happens year after year. So, I mean, if you kind of um, do a bit of Facebook stalking or Instagram stalking on my (laughs) Instagram, like um, literally around this time two years ago and last year as well, uh, this always happens around my birthday uh, in July. Mm. Again, it's got something to do with the monsoon, but it's also got to do with the fact that, you know, we haven't quite cracked the ocean plastic pollution problem in Asia. If you really dissect the kind of uh, stuff that's washing up on East Coast, two years ago, um, you know, when I started just getting my friends and family to go off and and, and help me to, to collect some of this plastic, there was something interesting that I noticed. Not just that the plastic tends to come um, from some of our neighbors, but it's the type of plastic, not just single use, but, you know, the things that wash up. So, you have these plastic cups, uh, and a lot of them that tend to wash up around the East Coast as well as uh, the Sentosa area, the Southern Islands area. And, you know, one of the things that I noticed about these plastic cups were they were pretty much the same brand that were coming off um, ferries Mm. that ply between Singapore and, and Batam or Bintan. And so, you know, by me working backwards, I kind of realized that a lot of those plastic cups are coming off the people that are going on these ferries right. and sort of like chucking them in. Yeah. You know, and so really if we if we sit and we've dissected what's coming off the beach right now, I mean I'm sure there's people on East Coast right now looking at that. We start to work backwards into the behavior, right? Of why are people throwing in, in a noodle, a cup noodle package or mm. even you know, uh, rice packages or the rest of it, right? Diapers, the rest of it. Why are people throwing all of their of their dirty dirty laundry? Believe me, I found some stuff, man. I found some stuff on these beach cleanups where I'm like, 
Really, guys? Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything that's from toothbrush, gross. toothbrushes to, of course, the single flip flop. You know, the the slipper that's on the beach, and you're like, where's the other one? Wait a minute, somebody's walking around I with know. one slipper on. Um, you know, to every like you say, everything, cup noodles, plastic cups, and and look, you know, with the way the current's going and the and the where the wind is coming from, it, it doesn't take too much imagination to figure out where a lot of this is coming from. Um, you know, some of our neighbors, but you know, when you think about this, we're in the year 2020 how how have people not gotten the message let's say in the past 10 or 15 or even 20 years that you know polluting throwing stuff in the ocean doesn't make it go away it comes back to somebody like where where in society are we missing this point i guess the whole point is which somebody has to deal with it right Glenn? yeah well that's true so, too you know yeah. <laughs> i mean if we're looking at things like um rivers maybe being a source of a global marine plastic pollution right mm, mm. you know um if you're talking to a poor a villager or or a coastal someone who lives on the coast who's just chucking that into the river because they do not have maybe a system a waste management system in place for you know that's able to take on that plastic load you know, they're just going to chuck it into the river. And then I'm going to think twice about it because, you know, off it goes, right? That's not my problem to yeah. deal with. Here today, gone tomorrow, huh? Yeah. That's right. And over here in Singapore, we've got an army of cleaners, you know, who are actually paid to go off and, and clear, clean these beaches. Unless, of course, um, you have a this massive waste event that happens and these cleaners are just not able to do all of it. You know, you clean one beach, in 10 minutes, you know, it's back again. Yeah. And then... The reason why we're talking about this is because members of public then go, why is this beach so dirty? Guys, clean up after yourselves. But, you know, th- this is the thing that, that I've kind of, in the in the two years that I myself was that member of public, um, I mean, I'm not an environmental scientist or anything. I, I was just, you know, a social media person um, and a musician is walking on the beach and going like, what's this, man? What's yeah. all this trash? Like, yeah. how am I going to, you know, go off and paddle or or swim or enjoy the water, you know. And so as, as, as time evolves, you know, and, and Ocean Purpose Project sort of got, got started, a lot of this was about me really thinking about my own behavior, mm. um, you know, and then working towards how does my own community behave around single-use plastic? Is it one of those things where, uh, yeah, it's just there and, you know, I mean, there isn't really a, a, a proper solution to it. And so what do we want to do? I mean, you know, don't don't question my need for bubble tea. And, you know, and, <laughs> and you know, I mean, just just two years ago, the a plastic, a plastic bag or a plastic straw was even something so touchy that it would have become an election issue. right? Yeah, because sure. you had Singaporeans going like, don't make me change my way of life. This is how, you know, um, I live. And of course. Um, when you travel to other parts of Southeast Asia, you realize that people have very different ideas of what needs to be done about plastic pollution mm. based on how the proximity to the problem. So, yeah. you know, I think that's really what what um, changes the way that people, especially in Asia, deal with the problem. So, for example, I think Asia, especially Southeast Asia, this is something that we should step up and sought out, you know, with regards to single-use plastic, mainly because, you know, a lot of the ocean's plastic pollution is actually coming from our backyard. So this is mm. something that we should also be leading. But then the question is, you know, okay, there's, there's recycling that's been around for a long time. You know, how, how effective has that been? Then there's the innate behavior, right, of people going like, 
out of sight, out of mind, right? Like, you know, nobody's looking. If I'm just going to chuck my fast food uh, packaging and the rest of it in this little plastic bag, nobody's going to find out. But Matilda is. Somewhere <laughs> on a beach, Matilda's going to find this stuff. Yeah. She's going to open it up. And she's going to see what you ate. She's going to know that you 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 didn't stick to your diet. Mm. <laughs> uh, we're speaking with Matilda De Silva, of course, the founder of Ocean Purpose Project, and that's OceanPurposeProject.com. Pur- easy for me to say. Uh, and Matilda, you know, you, you know, you raise such great points about this, and and as we look at, we we all have to look at our at ourselves first, right? What we're doing yeah. to help. Uh, to contribute to the problem or contribute to the solution. And and for whatever reason, you know, those ideas are not filtering down to everybody in the population. And, you know, your work at, at Ocean Purpose Project, you work with corporates, you work with social enterprises. How are you helping them to understand what these solutions look like, what the uh, advocacy looks like? sustainability how are you talking to them and what are they what are your clients and the people you're talking to doing about it we kind of look at things in a different way there's the beach cleanups which are really important for behavior change sure i think there are amazing ground-up initiatives that are happening from social enterprises such as sustainable green nudge i mean i could rattle them all up you know the, the guys who are right now on east coast beach um doing their own cleanups yeah there are a number uh, of very good ones very good ones here in singapore yeah yeah. that's right so i think you know um behavior change is is a core pillar of ocean purpose project Mm. behavior change through social media behavior change through um offline uh, activities such as these beach cleanups that's a way for people to really touch the problem but, you know, kind of doing a, a little beach cleanup on a Sunday afternoon and posting that stuff on IG story and saying, oh, I did two bags, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's important. Yeah. But we need to start thinking a little bit bigger than that. Sure. How do we solution engineer around plastic? You know, right now, um, um, I'm talking to you sitting on a plastic chair. You know, I mean, plastic is really all around us. So how do we then sort of go, okay, what can we do with all of the positive impacts of plastic? And how do we tap that and turn plastic pollution into a a resource? Mm. So the other two things that Ocean Purpose Project really focuses on are around these key problems. You know, plastic pollution has a lack of ownership. You know, it's highly inefficient to have like people just constantly cleaning up after each other, right? You know, and then, of course, there's the issue of, of you know, COVID-19. You know, where does plastic pollution stand in terms of all of that? Um, the economic need for jobs, the economic need to focus on that instead of, you know, um, trying to do right by straws and single-use plastic. So this is where um, Ocean Purpose Project really kind of identified two areas, one of them being plastic to fuel and the other being bioplastics. Mm. So with plastic to fuel, the basic question is, if plastic comes from oil, why don't we just turn it back into oil again? I mean, it seems real simple, right? <laughs> um, and straightforward. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, the scientists that are listening to me are like, now this is more complicated than that. But it's true. This, but um, really what we are trying to do is we're trying to say, can we find a way not just to recycle plastic, but truly turn it into a circular thing where every bit of ocean plastic can be turned back into fuel. And this is a big question that I had um, two years ago when we were dealing with the same East Coast problem. 
you know, where I was just standing there with a couple of uh, other social enterprises and people on the beach going like, what do we do with this stuff? We can't just be throwing this away, right? right. We need to be able to turn this into a resource. So, you know, um, I met a wonderful lady called uh, Lisa Jones, who is a Pilates teacher. And together last year, we worked on a project um, in Indonesia uh, on a little island called Madang that is located um, just off Sumbawa region um, with 3,000 islanders that are facing, imagine what you see at East Coast. Yeah. They're seeing two to three meters of that. Oh, my two gosh. Three meters of that. Wow. And. Yeah, that's washing up on a daily basis. They haven't got the money to, wow. to pay for people to come and clear that rubbish. Sure. And they're out in the middle of like, you know, uh, they're in the boondocks. Nobody's going to come and help them. Really, this was a question of how do poor islanders sort this problem out themselves? So this is where, you know, I mean, you've got somebody from social media and then you've got a Pilates teacher, and then you've got like you know these poor islanders sort of coming together and saying, "We're not scientists, we're not engineers, but we are going to work together to figure out a turnkey solution that is going to enable three thousand islanders to turn this plastic into a resource." So how how is, what's the solution going to look like for that? So what we did was we partnered together with an Indonesian university called the University of Gajah Mada. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea came about in January of last year to create a plastic to fuel machine. By I mean I'm I'm fast forwarding a lot of the the blood sweat and tears here. Yeah. Um, but but by June July um, we were able to send a plastic pyrolysis machine to the island. Hmm. Now this is not the the best solution. But, you know, for $10,000 of funds that were raised from the Dragon Boat community, from the Pilates community, from friends and family, that was really something that, we, that was gifted to the island. And today, they're actually still using this machine. It's about 80 kg capacity. They basically take all of the plastic that they pick up at sea and on the coastline. Mm. And by the way, it's the school children that do this, huh? Mm. So, you know, it's part of their school curriculum. That's how beautiful this is. They pick up all of that stuff, shred it, put it in the machine, and out comes jet fuel-grade kerosene that burns at twice the efficiency and half the emissions and is used to power their generators. And that means these islanders now have electricity. They have internet. Wow. You know, and, and this is the thing, like, you know, how do we... We are for like we are foreigners, right? We're not Indonesians. We can't just swan in into like a place and say this is how you do this yeah. and that's how you do that. Yeah. This has to be something that the islanders themselves say, Okay, show us some of the best in class examples, let's work together, let's discuss how we as Indonesians can also work this problem ourselves. And really the beauty of this is eventually what we wanna do is we wanna make these islanders, these three thousand islanders become, you know, the, the, the project experts that go off and help other remote island communities. Sure. And kind of pay it forward, huh, to others. That's right. Yeah. You yeah. know? And, Great idea. And out of, out of poverty, out of, you know, a lack of solution, they will eventually be the leaders, the information leaders that go off and transfer that knowledge to their communities. And that's really like just a microcosm of what we do and what we want to go 2.0 with this. Mm. And say, how do we bring the best minds in the business in petrochemical, in plastics, uh, in polymers, and say, guys, 
let's figure out how do we take all of this ocean plastic and turn that into a resource. Because if that's monetizable, if you can turn plastic waste into profit, I do not think people would be going off and throwing that stuff away. But again, this is a short-term solution, Glenn. You know, what we're talking about is we want to solve that 8 trillion uh, ton problem that's out at sea floating right now. But then comes the 2.0, right? You know, how does that translate into jobs? I mean, just talking about in the U.S. alone, plastic to fuel facilities actually generate about 39,000 jobs and $9 billion in economic output. So, you know, when we're talking about the kind of um, new industries that a post-COVID world requires, that's just in the U.S. alone. Just plastic to fuel. Yeah, the economic multiplier is, is, is real and it's huge if we can figure out the right, the right way to do it. Uh, now, going forward, do you have any more projects like this Indonesia project in the pipeline? Or are you looking for your next project? What will you do next yeah. with Ocean Purpose Project? So another thing that we are looking at is um, how do we create a new single-use plastic? You know, if, if let's say a typical Singaporean is not going to give up their bubble tea, and like, you know, and a plastic straw, mm-hmm. would it be possible for us to create a new kind of bioplastic that is not uh, resource intensive, doesn't use a lot of land for you to cultivate that, like cassava or, or corn, Right. Um, that is actually carbon negative? So, you know, the next project that we are kind of working on is really around crafting what that bioplastic is and trying to see if we could make that out of a hybrid of seaweed and mollusks, mollusk shells. Very interesting. So, you know, that's right. So we're, we're trying to figure that out. Um, again, I ain't no scientist, uh, but I talk to a lot of people who are. So really, about it's about how do we bring all of this mind and brain energy together? How I'm a community manager, right? That's kind of like my, that's my USP. Mm. So, you know, really it's about bringing science together, but also bringing artists, musicians Journalists like yourself, really just sort of, you know, putting all that brain power together and saying, okay, how do we crack that? How do we work on this ocean purpose project? Something small that has a big impact. Well, Matilda, this is fantastic. I mean, this this whole project is just, it's so necessary, but it's so all-encompassing. We definitely want to have you on back again uh, in, in coming months to uh, to see where it's going and how it's progressing. In the meantime, uh, they can find, people can find you at uh, OceanPurposeProject.com. Thank you very much, Glenn. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.